You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me is Jason Daniels. Hey. Good evening. Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, We're a day late because of the July 4th holiday. But uh, still here, still did a lot of racing this last week. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, Daytona week was uh, last week. And I did not meet my goal of reaching a win. So that's, uh, I think I've had three or four restrictor plate races in a row where I've won. The spring Daytona 500, last fall's Talladega, and the July race last year as well. So I was on a roll there, and now I've broken it because I finished a high of the week of third. And that third was an interesting uh, race there, Jason. I'll tell you a little bit about that. I was leading on the final lap coming out of four. I could see the checkered waving, you know, kind of thing. And I'm in the lead, and I'm doing a Denny Hamlin impersonation where I'm going, I'm blocking the bottom, I'm blocking the top, I'm blocking the bottom, I'm blocking the top. And what happened is I did it one too many times, and I got clipped. And uh, I was on my roof going across the start-finish line and finished third. Two guys beat me by. Still one heck of a finish. Oh, it was something. I mean, it was a good race, and track position was so tough. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, single file was king there, and you really had to have your stuff together if you were going to you know, break out of line. You know, one of my races, I actually qualified eighth on the outside, and I didn't get down, and I fell all the way back to 23rd, and I didn't do anything except keep the pedal all the way down and not getting not getting a spot in line. Yeah, that's called hung out to dry, huh? <laughs> but you needed a bunch of cars up there to really make a run, and it could work. Because at some point, the bottom lane, they they stop pushing on each other because they get hot. And if you time it right, the outside, the guys on the outside, they'll go to the outside at that point. And you can blow by the leader. At least one car can. And that's what I witnessed. Um, I was kind of kicking myself uh, for that one because I had it won. I mean, if I would have just stayed on the bottom. And in fact, the guy uh, who I think he won, I, I forget his name, but he even told me afterwards... He said, if you would have just kept the bottom, you would have won that race. And he's right. I, I was panicking, you know, trying, okay, this is it. I got to win it. <laughs> uh, so that was the best result of the week. I'll finish off through mine, and we'll talk some of yours. Uh, Wednesday open, I raced with Tyler Conroy, teammate. He actually put, uh, pushed a guy just a little bit wrong in the corner, and you can't really push in the corners in these cars. And that was on lap five, wrecked out. He took me with him. I had a blown engine. And so I got caught up. He was way up ahead of me, and 
I, well, actually, he wasn't way ahead of me. He was just in front of me, and uh, he, he just caught the guy the wrong way. The guy turned. Both of us got collected. So it's like feast or famine there. So uh, Friday open, P6. Uh, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable run, considering I was running the fixed set. Now, in the open series... I didn't have a set, so I was running fixed, and it was bad um, compared to what everybody else was running. Um, it was hard just to stay in the pack. Um, if you were near the end of the pack, it was like, forget about it. You're going to get left behind. So huge disadvantage, but it's still a, a P6. So I was really, really pleased with that result, considering what I had to work with. And um, uh, there was another race on Sunday, and I, I did that as well, and uh, got ran over by some guy on the straightaway. I mean, he just was push, 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 and we were all stacked up, and he just, it eventually turned me and somersaulted down the backstretch. So that ended up being a P27. What about you, Jason? How did you some of your runs go? I got two NIS races in this week, and they were my first two NIS races ever. Uh, so cracked the rookie card on it. Uh, on Thursday night in the sixth, I qualified eighth. That's the one that I got hung out to dry, and I just stuck with it and stayed in line as much as I could. Outside line worked a little uh, when there were a couple cars, but I kept kept it low. I went up and down. It was up as high as fifth. Uh, then there was a uh, major wreck on a restart that I kind of got collected in, and I ended up taking more damage than I thought I did. And then I made a really big rookie mistake, and uh, I was getting lapped by the leaders because I was a little off the pace, and I wasn't high enough, and one of the leaders went above me, one of the leaders went below me. Uh, and I just tried to keep my line in the middle, but I got clipped and ended up taking out second and third with about 20 laps to go. So that one, I ended up finishing 19th. <laughs> oh, ouch. Uh, it, it was a rookie mistake. I, I owned up to it immediately. Guy was still mad, but most you can do is own up to it. Did it take out like the lead pack or just a few cars or what? So first, second, and third were in the pack. Uh, fir first got by me. Uh, second ended up clipping the wall, and third, he clipped the wall, went into third, who went into me. We just kind of dominoed. So are you running all the mirrors? Do you have all your mirrors turned on? I do. Yeah. Uh, and I just was not, I thought I had given them enough space to go low. And it really surprised me when I saw him dart high. And as soon as I saw him dart high, I just tried to stay exactly where I was at that point. Oh, and yeah. Once that's the, done, it's you're just a passenger. <laughs> yeah, and it, I shouldn't have been there in the first place. I should have been much higher, close, closer to the wall. So I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had that situation even come up if I had been running right. That's okay. Hug, hug the state. wall, but if you're really that far off, get off the racetrack. Get onto the apron. You know, so you got to see where you're at in the 
grand scheme of the race, you know, and you got to let that pack by. So you have to be real careful about that. And I always, I noticed in my race, there was a lot of good lap cars that would stay high and get out of the way of the pack as we came by. And we would come by at a very much faster pace than they were running. So it was a dangerous situation each time. But there would be the one guy that would, you know, run on the bottom. He's the lap car running the yellow line. And so the entire pack, as we're racing, have to go around this lap car, but to the outside. And uh, that makes it even more dangerous, in my opinion. And I think it's unsportsmanlike to do that, even though technically it's not illegal. Yeah, it's just asking for a problem, though. Yep. And my second race on Sunday, uh, patience paid off. Uh, lap 15, there was a wreck, a caution came out, and I got collected in it. But I think with more experience, I would have been able to drive around it and drive through it. Um, but I got collected and I blew an engine. 40 minutes of required repairs. At that point, I, <laughs> at that point, I was P28. I was listening to you guys in team speak, and I didn't have anything else better to do, so I hung around, finished the repairs, came back out, went from 28th to 18th just because I was running laps and other people that had wrecked left. Yep. You always got to finish these races if you want to have anything with I rating. So plan on doing that every time. I mean, that's a, all the people do that, I mean, if you're serious about it. Because it's too easy to give up I rating if you just leave the race. Um, because like Absolutely. you said, other people quit. You got you can get points, you know. And that that was probably a forty I rating difference. Uh, ironically, for the week, I was up two I rating and up point zero one safety rating between all the up and down I did. So four races, and I basically was right where I started. Yeah. Well, I'm happy. I got a P3, but I'm uh, still disappointed. You know, it's a little bittersweet because I had that win if I would have done it right. And uh, I, I blew it. You know, I really blew that one. And I mean, you did. You made a rookie mistake there as a lap car, but it happens. Just really hug the wall is my uh, advice there and stay as close to that wall as you can as the pack comes by. Now, once they start going by, you can pull off the wall and kind of side draft the pack and try to catch some speed off of that, and then obviously duck in behind them when they go by and try to mix in. But you got to be uh, have some etiquette out there, obviously, and that and you're learned about that uh, the hard way. So <laughs> yeah, it's tough when you're you're the lap car and the you take out the pack, quote, you know, or a bunch of them, because uh, a lot of people are not happy with you at that point. But just learn from it, move on, and not be that guy next time. Yeah. And I definitely wasn't that guy because I'm, after I came back on, I was nowhere close to pace. I was maxing out like 165 miles an hour. But I just hugged that wall. I actually got taken four wide once because a pack decided they wanted to race three wide and pass me. Uh, so that was stupid on their part. But we survived. So It happens. <clears throat> so... Let's talk a little bit about, before we move on to next week, uh, the race package that we raced there was tough. It's not like it used to be. With a single file, and if you pulled out, you were 
you were going to the back, or even if you had a restart and you were starting on the outside, second, fourth, sixth, eighth, all those spots, if you started in the outside there, you were going back no matter what because those guys were digging on the bottom. They were all nose to tail. They were not letting you in. And the package is this, you know, we didn't have the normal pack racing that we used to have a couple, two, three years ago. And then even the tandem pushing where we used to push each other as pairs. Uh, it's not quite what it used to be, but um, what do you think about that? So this is kind of a tangent, but I promise I'll get back. I ran Daytona on multiple cars last week uh, because I did the, the uh, D-Series is actually Iowa, and then the C-Trucks were Daytona also. Right. Uh, and I had the I experienced the opposite in trucks, that it only took like a line of three, and you could pass a line of ten on the top. Uh, and I led some laps in my C-Race and then just got passed by a, a line of three that got together and got around me. Um, and with the trucks, it just seemed so much more free and the, the side draft didn't seem so extreme. Uh, I, I don't know if there's something that can be learned from that or if there's a reason the trucks draft better on the top. Uh, but but I, I found it was a, a lot more flexible when it came to the trucks that I did with the cup cars. Right. I always compare it to real NASCAR. What are we seeing on television uh, with them when they race? Are we ra getting the same style of racing? And the answer is no. With with the restrictor plate package we currently race, it's it's quite a ways off, I think, from what the real guys are doing right now. And more so than other tracks, like the mile and a half and the short tracks and the road courses and whatever else. All those are really pretty close, actually, and it's kind of uncanny how the races play out very similarly to what the NASCAR races play out. But with Daytona and Talladega, it seems like we've we've taken a a different path than the NASCAR guys and and I, in the NASCAR race they were running at the top and in the middle at one point too wide they weren't even running the bottom the they were leaving people hanging out on the bottom and that rarely happens in i racing and so it seems like there's a lot of things like that where it doesn't quite match up so I don't know how to fix that some of it may be habit uh so People that have been playing racing games for a while, even back through Forza Gran Turismo, back to the Papyrus NASCAR games, you get used to digging the bottom, digging the bottom, digging the bottom. If a if a race truly tried to stay off the bottom with the dynamic track, could two grooves develop in middle and high? Maybe, but we're never going to find out because no one's going to leave the bottom alone. It's just not something that you, you're going to see in the game. The temperatures don't don't vary that drastically with the dynamic track to make that possible. You got to put together these uh, groups of teams that work together, you know, and they all going to agree to take the top, you know, and work together and make it work. And it can happen. Like you said, it's just, you're right. It, like me, I would never not dig the bottom because that's how I do well, actually. And, uh, but yeah, but if the, if everybody's at the top, the bottom's not going to work, is it? So. Yeah, because you'll get that track temperature change, you'll get that grip change, and then it'll be hung out on the bottom. 
I think it's just a willingness of people to try. And since not enough people try, you don't get that tent change. Yep. All right. Uh, it is Wednesday, so we have started the new week of Kentucky. And uh, I actually just ran the fixed right before this recording. I finished 17th. And my race, we had some early cautions, and then we had a nice green flag run. And the leaders started pitting early. They were short pitting big time. And so I stayed out with a lot of others. <clears throat> And I went until the window opened, the fuel window to the end. And so basically what had played out was everybody was split between either a two-stop race or a one-stop race to the end. And I was doing it on a one-stop. And I got to the window and I was barely going to make it on fuel. But then another caution came out and blew all that strategy out the window. Uh, I was a lap down at that point. Got got a wave around with a bunch of others. I mean, there were probably at least 15 wave arounds. We all got our lap back, and then another caution came out, so we were able to get tires and basically get back on the lead lap and with fresh tires and ready to go race, and uh, brought it home 17th. Uh, not bad. I had a couple times where I hit the wall a couple times. One time where I spun down to the bottom and lost it, but still was able to keep it under control and and going the right way, and it stayed under green. So I'll take it. Uh, I'm not good at this track. Um, it's real tight in the fixed set. So uh, I'm probably going to run the open tonight in a couple hours from now. We'll see how it goes. Uh, what do you think about Kentucky, Jason? you have any experience there? Well, it, it's all new to me being a rookie, but... Uh... When you kind of look at the grid, you go, oh, it's another Charlotte, and it really isn't since it's such a flat banking. Uh, and you you think you have to break more than you actually do. The speeds are just generally a little lower, but uh, I think it's all about finding, getting that nose situated, just enough break to turn in those turns. And there's all sorts of lines that I think are possible through the turns, so all sorts of opportunity in the race, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I did it in the trucks last night. Uh, had a weird weird restart where everyone just ran into each other because the leader didn't go, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow night. Yep. Well, I'll be happy just to get through this week. Uh, I'm not going to I really don't like this track that much. I mean, I, just because I'm not very good here. I mean, you just really... I don't use much brake at all, actually. I mean, I kind of back up the corner and let it float in there. Just tap the brake a little bit. And then you're just waiting for that car to start turning. As soon as the nose catches and it starts to turn, just back onto the gas. And uh, you don't really, you're not really off the gas much here at all. You know, you're kind of breathing it at the apexes, and that's it. So anyway, that's uh, NIS. Let's jump on to topics. Uh, Peak Antifreeze Racing. Bobby Zielinski brings it home. He wins round nine at Sonoma. And it's all, always interesting when these guys do the, uh, the road course because they're all oval racers. But uh, it was a... 
kind of a strategy race too, uh, but he definitely had earned it. There were like three, three or four cars that were on the same strategy as him, and he was the first of those, uh, and he had raced for it. So I had seen uh, some replays and whatnot and some highlight reels. Uh, looked like a pretty good race. I believe that also puts Zelensky either in the lead or close to the lead in the points race, something that we haven't heard Ray Alfala trail in a while. So, Yep. Bobby's, uh, yeah, he takes a point lead by 23 points. So playoffs approaching. Uh, I forget how they're what they're going to do, if they're going to do some kind of NASCAR format or they're going to keep it straight up. Cannot recall. But uh, good job for uh, Bobby. Uh, next up, I wanted to uh, bring up podcast reports because I look at these occasionally. And uh, I, a couple neat numbers that popped out at me when I ran through the reporting part of the website. There's a uh, total all-time downloads for the podcast, 32,309. And I'm like, wow, that's a big number, 32,309 potential listens to a, to the podcast. Now, that might that's that's obviously a lot of those are the same people. But still, that's a big number. Uh 70% of those people were from the United States and 30% everywhere else. And I thought it was interesting, uh, it, that mix, 70-30. Okay, next up, uh, there was a post in the forums basically saying the 305 sprint cars, there's a thing where you can cheat, in quotations, obviously. And... Uh, what happened? What's going on? Is drivers are going to, are sitting on pit road during qualifying and just holding the throttle down full bore for three to four minutes to burn the fuel off, and then qualify with some insane lap time that everyone else is not able to hit because they qualified normally instead of sitting on pit road at one hundred percent throttle for a few minutes. I believe the 305 is a fixed set uh, series, so they should be able to fix that uh, similar with what they did with the Indy cars by just setting for qualifying a fuel tank at like two gallons. Yeah, Tyler Hudson from iRacing actually acknowledged this as uh, he said, thanks guys, this has been reported. We'll try to come up with a solution. So right now, this is still happening, apparently. It hasn't been uh, fixed. Now, I remember back in the day when I used to run a lot of hosted Talladega stuff, there was a time when you could do the same thing over there if in Talladega with a cup car. You could just burn off the fuel or do donuts was the other thing that people would do. And that would heat up the tires in a way or something, and then you would or burn off fuel at the same time. And then you would run your lap and you would be just a little bit, you know, faster than everybody else. And it got reported and and I think they fixed that where they where that doesn't work anymore. And it's actually against the sporting code, I believe as well. But uh obviously with this new dirt stuff, 
Uh, somebody found that there's a hole on the dirt side with this. They'll don't get do it. it, people. It's not. It's not proper. They'll get it patched. It seems like a fairly simple yeah. thing to fix. They're aware of it, obviously. So, um, yeah, they'll get it fixed. And if, I, I talk about it not so people can exploit it, obviously, but because you, you should understand what's happening. You know, uh, if you're getting laid out, you know, these quick times, you know, maybe something like this is going on or that kind of thing. And to know to not do it because it is in the sporting code. It is against the rules. You can get your account taken away if you're doing stuff that's not appropriate. So don't do it. All right. So that was cool. Uh, Tyler would get that fixed for us. Next topic is uh, in the forums. Somebody actually put up a poll about uh, should iRacing allow the leader to lay back super far on restarts, yes or no? The no's are winning it by 68% to the yes at 32%. And uh, Tyler Hudson also indicated in the same thread, if you see this happen, I would suggest... Clipping the replay and submitting a protest. This is not allowed. It would be nice to see them put, in, put something in game to prevent it as well. Uh, and we, we know that they already have the coding that can tell if you're close enough to the car in front of you or if it needs to scold you to catch it again. So if you're X number of car lengths behind the pace car, when it pulls off, like flag them. Right. I actually piped up on this and, and on a kind of a related note that why can't we get the field to line up for these restarts? There's always people leaving these gaps from two to ten cars between themselves and the car in front of them. And if you get two or three people doing that throughout the field, you got all these gaps. And then the green comes out, and you're so far back, you lose all this track position. I just, it just drives me nuts personally. But, and sometimes if I see people doing it and it's really blatant, I'll call them out for it. I'll say it over the radio. Hey, can you pull up or whatever? And uh, it, it's just racecraft. And if you look at a NASCAR race on television, I guarantee you those guys are lined up nose to tail when it comes to the green flag. And there's nobody's leaving gaps. And when they come on the pit road, they're not leaving gaps coming on the pit road. And uh, the racecraft in iRacing right now, at least in the NASCAR iRacing series, there's about a third of the people out there that really don't get it. They don't understand that you know how to how to do those kind of things. To me, it's kind of a trust thing. Uh, in the NASCAR series, all those drivers, for the most part, know that they're good drivers, and they know the people around them are good drivers, and they trust that there's not going to be like any shenanigans going on. Uh, like on the one restart I had in the trucks last night, the leader missed his shift, and it was after green, so everyone was on their grass, or everyone was on the gas, and just ran right into each other, where the first person that didn't get wrecked was the one that left a gap. It's just a trust thing that we're 
weird wrecks happen on restarts, and I think people are just more paranoid than anything. I think it's the worst at Daytona because if you have a gap, it's so hard to close that. But uh, but I don't think it'd be as bad on a place like Kentucky. But I really think it comes down to trusting people on the internet, which can be a hard thing to do. Yep. You don't see that in top split much either. They they all stack stack up, and if they wreck each other, it's almost more likely to wreck in turn one because they're stacked up. They all trust each other a little more. You see, I, I saw it every race I did this week. I'm also in 11th or 12th split, but I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just need to clean up the racecraft, I think, just a little bit there. I mean, people need to... Don't leave a gap, man. You need to pull up. All right, next topic. Um, David Tucker uh, from iRacing posted up some settings for a guy that was having some nausea. Uh, The guy's 78 years old, sim racer. But there's some nauseous stuff going on where you get kind of sick to your stomach from, you know, like if you were to roll, you know, ride a roller coaster and you get kind of woozy kind of feel. Anyway, he he, uh, put on the forums these settings. And I saw it and then I realized these are the settings that I run that I call the gyro view. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. And because he brought it up, I thought I would bring it up again. But basically... I uh, I wrote on there that hey I've run these same settings that you uh, mentioned to change for a long time now, except uh, one of them the rotate uh, driver rotate head I actually turned that all the way up to 100 <clears throat> percent and I told him it's been a game changer for sure I call it the gyro view because it kind of looks like the gyro camera that iRacing has. Uh, I have shared this setting with others and you have yet to really find anyone who actually ran the sim this way. Um, I do think it's a huge improvement over the default settings. I find that 100% on the rotate slip angle thing gives you visual clues as to when the car is about to break loose. You can see the chassis starting to rotate. David, if you see this, it'd be great if there were soft switches in the graphic settings in, in sim then people would at least be aware of these settings. And so I'll read, I'll read these briefly. That You can actually change these on your own in the app I and I folder under I docu- my documents slash iRacing. So you open up the app I and I, and you find at the bottom, driver head horizon equal one, driver head no pitch equal one, driver head wobble equal zero, driver rotate head equals zero, but I actually run driver rotate head equal one, which was a little different than what David Tucker had suggested for the guy with uh, that was getting nauseous. So be aware of that. It really does change how you see the game because it locks your field of vision to a different plane. Like it locks it either on the horizon or on the chassis. And so you can make that decision with these, these switches
and then I, you know, obviously requested David to, hey, can we put these in at, as, you know, switches where people are aware of them? Because nobody knows about this stuff. Um, he talked about it a little bit. He said, I have not added it to the U UI yet for two reasons. One is that if I added these in willy-nilly, like, and they really need better names at least, or he even having some combined together... And second, our graphics adjustments are already way too complex. This would just add even more confusion. So that's what he said, why it's not uh, a regular user setting. It seemed to me, I bet some of those settings are also involved in VR, maybe some of that code, because there's all sorts of stuff in the INI file that doesn't seem like we use but is actually being used in ways we just don't see, such as these. Yeah, I mean, that's why there is an app I and I, so you can make changes like this. Anyway, uh, one guy uh, on this thread, he actually told me that he tried my settings. Let me see if I can find his name. I think it's Daryl B. Atkins. And he's uh he said he liked it, and he's gonna be keeping it <laughs> so I did find somebody finally that likes my settings, so I might be the only person in iRacing that runs that the settings that way, but I don't know, not anymore. It's you and Daryl now, right. <laughs> All right, good good job, Daryl Atkins, for joining me with that. Uh, he did say, though, he did make one change, though. He he put, uh, except for the rotate head one, I believe, I did not like that at all. That one would make me seasick. But that's the one I like, actually, because... It, like I said before, you can feel, you can see visually the yaw in the car. If yeah, yaw is the right word. And when the car starts to break loose or whatnot, you can kind of see that visually, and it just gives you another clue on how to handle the wheel, you know, steering wheel and pedals. So yeah, let's not beat that to death. But that's uh, check that out if you want to try something new. There's a forum thread on it. It uh, look look up the word nausea. Okay, next up, the new UI, as they call it, uh, codename Scorpio, is out. I've used it a few times. Uh, let's let's do first impressions, Jason. What do you think? Well, my first impression wasn't fair because I was one of the users that had the problem that I'd log in and then the the background video just looped and nothing came up so that got fixed either Monday or Tuesday and I was able to actually get into the interface I see where they're going with the interface there are some things that I don't like about it that I think are easily fixable I really like how they have the the icon of the series like pickup cup and then the background is the track that they're on just kind of like a blurred little snapshot of the track. 
like Daytona Stretch or like the Carb Cup was at Monza. It showed one of the hair, hairpins. Um, I, I think graphically, uh, I like the direction that they're going. Uh, they may have to do something with time trials since that's kind of littering up the uh, the UI and we can't really filter them out yet. But I put in a couple suggestions on uh, what I think can uh, be improved in the filters. And I know I've seen on the forums that filtering is something that they're seeing a lot of questions about. Oh, yeah. That, that was my problem. I mean, I was on the first day. And how you can do it is you can go to uh, C program files uh, with the x86, iRacing, and then search for iRacing Sim 64 DX and uh, EXE, and you right-click and create shortcut, shortcut, and it sends it to the desktop, and then you have something you can click on and open. Uh, there's also a button in the website if you go to Time Trials, I believe, that does the same thing. Yeah, I've uh, been you, I've been launching it from the Time Trial button. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed, I have triples, and it, it starts windowed mode, which is a little odd. But it feels like, and then when I first brought it up, they had like boxes for each race. And I'm like, okay, I see four boxes, and I see a half of another box along the bottom. It must be scrollable, right, where I can scroll down and see the rest of them, right? But it would not scroll. Now, mind you, I don't have a mouse with a scroll wheel. I have a mouse ball. I've always used a mouse ball at my desk, and that's what I prefer. But it doesn't have a scroll wheel. There's no way to scroll wheel on it. So I use page up and down a lot for on the keyboard or the up and down arrows. But at that time, that first time I tried it, I couldn't scroll. Not with the keyboard, not with my trackball, nothing. And uh, it was very frustrating because I couldn't get to where I wanted to go. The other thing was uh, I, I got into time trials and I started looking at, I was trying to see the world records of whatever car, whatever track. And when I would click on the results and it would come up, they would bring them up across all three screens, not just on the middle screen. And so I would have to look at the guy's name on my left screen and then look all the way over to my right screen to see, you know, what position he's in or what the title is that he has or whatever. Um, they give out titles. We'll talk about that later. But it was really hard visually to see what was going on because they didn't condense it down to the middle like they did everything else. But when they did the results, it went across all, th all three of them. Now, since then, it's actually been fixed. But there's still other stuff that's very broken, like... I went to go to the hosted races, and I normally, on the website, I filter, or sort, I should say, by pits, how many pits have been taken. And that gives you, at the top of the page, whichever hosted event has the most people in it. And then from there, I look over to the right and see which ones are actually races. And then I look for the green versus the yellow to see which ones I actually own the you know stuff for. And then that's how I determine which race I'm going to join. And so I tried to filter this new UI, and it would not filter correctly. It, act, it acted like it was going to filter it. You know, you would see stuff move around, but you'd look at it, and it wouldn't be in order. 
it really feels to me that the person that developed it developed it on a regular computer, which when you think software development, that's actually pretty understandable. It doesn't feel that they've put it through the testing of a rig, put it through the testing of what if someone has a button box and is programming these buttons to do these different things. Triple monitors, like you said, that's a pretty basic thing that's really common in iRacing that it didn't work at first. So uh, I, I, the I VR think they'll guys get had problems too. There apparently the VR had all kinds of problems. They were flashing white or something at the VR guys, and it would blind them. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's how you get seizures. And seizures well, I, are not I, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like wait a minute, what are you guys doing? Uh, so here's the worst part. So I went to go try to find my official race, the NASCAR iRacing series. Okay. And so I go to that section of the new UI, and it's this page after page after page of this information of practices, time trials, whatever, everything. And there's, like you said, there was no way to to filter it correctly. Um, They had a filter where you could type in, but if you, you, it's one of those things like, I don't want to have to type, I just want to, you know, click to where I want to go and click on it. But you couldn't really do that because the way they had the filters and stuff, it, there wasn't enough things that you could filter. I don't know. I, it, to me, it looks like whoever designed it has never played iRacing in their life. It also, like, none of it seems insurmountable. Like... Right. If they it, it, it all seems stuff, fixable. Yeah. It all seems developable. Yes. It all seems within the realm. I, I think I saw one forum post saying that they may want to make this full release even by August 1. And while that's only three weeks, that doesn't seem undoable. Uh, I think they just need the real user feedback. And I, I don't think it's the end of the world that some people made it seem like. Obviously, the ones that it doesn't work for, yeah, it's pretty bad. But uh, especially if they're going to keep the regular website parallel like it is right now, I didn't see a really big hit in performance. In fact, fact, I saw an improvement in performance loading in from the new UI. I would load in in a track in 20 to 30 seconds, where at Daytona, it was taking me two, two and a half minutes. So uh, I I think... I'm seeing an improvement in performance. I think they're going to get there. I think they even knew that they're not there yet. They're like, look, this is a preview, guys. We want your feedback. And they do seem to be real responsive, and they're updating it quickly. Yeah. I I guess I'm surprised they didn't take care of the low-hanging fruit that's so obvious that it needs fixed before they brought it out to the public. The, the filtering on the official stuff and even the hosted stuff not working, that's completely, uh, that's like the most basic thing you need to actually find a race and race. And it's not there. How could they even put this out like in the condition it was? Didn't anybody from iRacing that actually does iRacing on a regular basis actually try it and say, wait a minute, how do I find a race when there's like... 5,000 pages of results, you know? 
yeah, they need to be able to filter off the practices. They got to have a different kind of, they need to do something different there. But you're right. I think that they have something they definitely can make work. It, and visually, I thought it looked really good. I mean, graphically, it was pleasing to the eyes. It was good artwork. Um, I want it to remember where where I put it. Like, I don't want to see the big boxes. Uh, I want to have a list so I can see everything. And the next time I open the UI, I want it to remember that and put up the list. I don't want to have to change it every time. They at least have it where if you do a, you know how if you click race now on the website, it shows the last uh, series you participated in. If you do a race from the new UI, when you go to back to the old website, it remembers the race from the new UI. So I think remembering that setting of how you have the icon set up, that's probably pretty close. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not using the UI uh, because... I don't trust it. I've seen too many forum posts of people not being able to get into events and stuff. And for my events, my official racing, I'm still using the website. I guarantee you that. If I'm going to you know, go do anything else, yeah, I'll go open the new UI and try it. And like you said, they are fixing stuff on the fly. And they're able to do that with this. Um, so they don't have to wait for releases like we normally do. Or... They don't have to take, like normally the website has to go down if they're going to do modifications to the website. But in this case, with the new UI, that doesn't, that's not the case. They can actually deploy it real time, uh, whatever they fix, as they go. So it's a little bit different that way. I'm the same with you. I don't trust it just yet. Like, I will probably try to do a C-class race from it. Just because if I don't get in it, well, one hour later I can do it on the website and be fine. But NIS or anything, there's only certain times I don't trust it yet. Well, also the first time I ran it, I did go submit feedback. There is a button in the new UI that says submit feedback. I typed up uh, three things off of the list I just told you. I hit submit and it like didn't go through. It didn't work. It just kept saying, like, connecting, and it never actually worked. And so, like, I wasted my time typing that up. So later, I actually went and looked at the forums to see if, do I need to report it in the forums? And I found uh, a very long thread of people have reported everything that we talked about and more. Uh, so there's a there's been a lot of feedback from the community. The other thing uh, iRacing is doing is they have a known issues list. And they put that up on their website. Uh, when you host a race, it now takes 10 to 20 minutes for a new hosted race to show up in the list. Um... Some other things I'm not going to bother reading, but there's some other items basically that they have a list here of settings that they fixed, but they have a, like a line drawn through them of ones they've taken care of. 
and then there's another one other items that they haven't taken care of uh, for example uh, allowed to register for certain sessions while updating is still a problem I don't know exactly what that means uh, responsive sizing issues when resizing the window so they have a running list is what I'm trying to get <laughs> to here uh, next up As you stated, there were a bunch of users that couldn't get past the opening part. And how long was that, Jason? That was two or three days? I believe that was resolved uh, either July 3rd or July 4th. So okay. uh, over, the, over the weekend. Yep. There was a, another one with the tie of... Uh, where it stopped, you had a little loading circle, and it would always stop at 17% for people. Uh, that was a problem that some people had that they did uh, get quick. Uh, they got that one fixed quickly on the 28th of June, actually. Uh, Chris Page has been keeping a running list on the forums uh, with what they've updated with the new UI and with the time attack. Uh, his last entry, July 3rd, we deployed a fix to an issue that impacted a large number of users. We'll continue with bug fixes and improvements, but all members should now have access to time attack. That was when I tried it again, July the 3rd. Yeah. Okay, let's see what's next on my list. Stephen Parks posted up in the uh, NASCAR iRacing Series forums a new post, sorry to my split in NIS Open. Uh, sorry to anyone in my uh, split. I had to leave. Tornado sirens were going off with multiple funnel clouds spotted around me. I love iRacing, but it's not worth my life. So apparently uh, Stephen Parks had to uh, quickly get up from his iRacing race and uh, vacate the premises due to tornadoes. I thought that was interesting. Uh, what's the the craziest thing, Jason, you had to get up from uh, your race car for? Uh, nothing yet. Uh, I've been able to assess the situation so far the worst thing was cat barf but not a tornado i've had people banging on my front door before uh like banging on it and i'm like in the middle of a race there's no way i'm getting up you know i don't care who it is but uh steve i hope he's okay i uh, hope the tornado didn't get to you or your house but uh, I think that's an acceptable reason to, like, get up in the middle of a race and walk away. I imagine if he felt that he needed to post that he wrecked someone in his absence somehow. Well, let's think about it, though. I mean, you're going around the track. How much more time does it take to just turn left, pull down the brake, and just hit Alt-4 
and just get out of the, you know, get out of the way where nobody's going to get hurt or run into you or get caught up. I mean, there's an easy way you could get stopped or get at least get off the track before you, you know, disconnect. Um, if you had to walk away, should, that's a half second. I would, I would think that if there was a tornado coming at me at my house and I needed to walk away, I would probably try take that half second and just stop the sim before I walk away, you know. Alt F4 is pretty easy. What's interesting is he still had power and internet and everything was working, you know, right up to the point that the tornado was about to mow him over. All right, so next topic, uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, David Tucker from iRacing had some neat tidbit on, in the forums. There's a guy who was talking about getting triples, and David's basically explaining to him, you can actually see how it's going to work and what you're going to see of the dash and that kind of stuff. He says, run iRacing in a window that is set up to the same aspect ratio that you intend to run. And so you can change the, the you know, display settings for how big, and run in windowed mode, iRacing in a configuration that looks exactly how triples would look. And you can run that on a single screen, on a, you know, your one monitor. And you can see what you think about it and see if if that's something you like or not and kind of preview it is what he's uh, saying. So it's kind of a neat idea. Um, so you can, tr you know, preview it before you commit, you know, the money and everything, you know, when you go to buy triples. So here's what he says, uh, pop iRacing into windowed mode and make it as wide as your monitor. Now do a bit of math. Three monitors would be three times as wide as your current monitor. So to keep the same aspect ratio, you want to make the window only one third of the height of your current monitor. That is now the correct aspect ratio for your future monitor setup. Now you need to play with the rest of the options. So if you're planning on getting triples, try this. Uh, look up the uh, forum post called Triple Monitor Help. David Tucker doing pretty much all-star this week on settings helps. Yeah, he is the uh, steering wheel settings guru guy. So what do you think, Jason? Are you ever going to get triples? Are you interested in VR? What do you, you have any future plans or, or aspirations? Right now I don't have any plans because I'm on a super budget build. I think if my first upgrade would be uh, a steering wheel of some sort, either a Thrustmaster or a G27, G29. Uh, if I ever went to a wider field division i think i would go vr before i went triples just because of the amount of room i have available for me and the fact that this is still my primary computer so it's hard to put triples on just a regular computer desk it can be done but it's not very easy 
Yeah. That's why I got the Obutto Revolution cockpit, because the Compromise, it has this awesome keyboard mouse tray that you can just move out of the way when you're racing. When you're not racing, you just bring it up in front of you, and you have a nice workstation. So it, it really made it work for me, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, anyway, that was some uh, pretty good insight there. Uh, next up, Tony Gardner, CEO of iRacing. Um, talking, to, uh, answering some questions about time attack, and basically he says, right now we cannot do fixed setup for time attack. So when you do time attack, it's an open setup. Um, it is a developmental project to have the ability which we have not completed. That said, it is our intention to complete that project so we can have fixed setups for time attack in the relatively near future. So there were some people asking for that. So time attack, let's talk about that a little bit. Did you get to try it? I did a few times. Um, what'd you think? Since I'm more of a fixed setup guy, I haven't really mastered setups just yet. Something I want to work on. Um, to me, it just felt like practicing hot laps. Uh, the only difference is I clipped the wall and it didn't do any damage um, because it's just hot laps. Uh, it didn't feel a whole lot different than me just clicking test car on track and my times aren't anywhere competitive enough, uh, both because of skill and because of setup uh, for the time attacks yet. So I did try it once, uh, but that's the only time I tried it. I, when I ran several laps in a row, I felt it made me feel weird. And it was because the tires weren't falling off like they normally would. Happen. Yeah, so so I was actually getting faster. Like, no, this isn't right. Right. You, you know, sixth, seventh lap in, oh, I just hit my fastest lap. And that's just because you're doing, you're learning the line better, you're running the line better. But... Yeah, it just felt weird because of that, because you're so used to the tires coming off. So, um, yeah, that was kind of odd. It was, it was an odd sensation. It just made me feel a little bit weird. Uh, the other thing about Time Attack was... And I'm going to jump ahead one story here. They have titles. as I And I, that's what I'm calling it. But when you go to look at the results for the time attack, everybody is put into a result with a title. And I took a moment and wrote down all the titles that are available that you can be assigned if you run in time attack. And this is how you're categorized on how fast you are. So I'm going to start with the slowest one. If you have the slowest time in time attack, you're called a novice. If you have the second slowest time in time attack, you're the challenger. If you're the third slowest, you're a club. Then intermediate. Then skilled. Now skilled is where I landed at Bristol with a 15.25 in the, in the A car. So I, I ended up skilled, and that was about the best I could do there with the set I had. The next up is senior. Next up 
advanced, expert, pro, then world champion. And there are four world champions. I'm not sure why. There was actually, that's how many different titles there were. There were several novices, several pros. There happened to be four world champions in the race I was looking at. So even though there was one guy that was faster than everybody else, the top four times were actually called world champion. It's probably percentage-based, top X percent, then the next X percent, and then the next X percent. I'd like to figure that out just to know. Uh, But I thought that was interesting. They came up with all those titles. So I guess I'm skilled. The other thing that I didn't like about looking at the results for Time Attack was there's no way to see where I was in the standings without scouring through the many pages of results looking for your name randomly. Now, obviously, they're in order from fastest to slowest. So if you knew your time, you could start looking at the times and scroll to the appropriate place. Um, so hopefully, I mean, like, like you said, in the UI and the time attacks part of that, they got a lot to work on there. I hope they can get it fixed. I hope they keep the website open, though, until it it's solid until it it what it needs to happen is they have to definitely replace all the functionality that ex- currently exists on the website and and they can do that i mean they they've obviously gotten most of it done but they need to finish that they need to literally take it to that nth degree so nobody feels like they need the website they'd rather use the ui because it's better but right now, I don't know that it is. So I, I, they're in this kind of limbo land. I hope they can make some, some work on it. So I expect they'll do something like DX9, DX11. I hope, yeah, where they split. And that's what they're doing right now. They're obviously, both of them are still working. I can't imagine them, by August, getting rid of the website, though. Uh, there's so much that they need to still fix. But we'll see. Uh, next up, somebody posted up in, uh, on the Facebook, a, uh, cockpit that is a casket. Yes, folks. He took the lid off of a casket and he put a race chair in there with a a board across the top where he mounted the steering wheel and gear shift and the pedals are down below. And he sits in a coffin in front of his, you know, living room television. And that's how he races. Why? (laughs) That's all I can think of. Why? Well, I could, you know, it's a carpeted floor. He could probably slide it over to the wall out of the way when he's not racing. And when he wants to race, he just slides it back out, you know. Hey, yeah, I mean, and uh, the other question is, who has spare coffins laying around to kind of make cockpits out of? That's the other kind of weird thing. 
some questions are better left unanswered. <laughs> yeah, no name on whose that was. That was posted up on the Facebook page called Sim Racing Paddock. All right, next up, hardware, software discussion is there's a new Jimmy Johnson Cuss Spotter Pack that came out uh, just a couple days ago. There's 150 new audio clips for an even more deepening of the sound pool for an even more random experience. So it's version 6.7.0. And you can get this on the website called dwarehouse.com. The letter D. And uh, I installed this earlier today. I forgot that you have to go into, when you're in SIM, you have to go to settings and sound and select the new cuss pack spotter pack in the spotter drop down menu and then hit done before it'll actually work so uh, i did do that after the race today and so i'll uh, be previewing this tonight to see uh, what i think but i really do think the jimmy johnson spotter pack is the best one out of them all uh, i've even tried the new ones that iRacing put out recently and was not terribly impressed with them i mean they do work well but uh, I just think this one has more detail somehow. I'm not sure how, but. It just feels right. It just feels right here in Earl, here in Chad bitching at Earl. Yeah, Earl and Chad are pretty soothing, you know, on the radio. I don't know. I mean, I like Dale and TJ, and I'd love to have a good tj majors spotter pack but i just feel like that one that's out there just doesn't compare i mean it doesn't have the depth um the way it works is there's all these little trigger things that can trigger sounds and the more that somebody sits down and programs the sound of the trigger the more in depth the spotter can be with this coverage and stuff so anyway interesting Oh, do you uh, have you tried all the spotter packs, Jason, or which one do you you uh, have? I use the the Jimmy Johnson spotter pack. I have not downloaded this update yet, but yeah. that is the one that I know and love. Yep, I would say it's probably the most popular out there. At least it used to be. Um... All right, uh, final topic is. We cover it every week. Ty Majeski, um, our driver from that's sponsored by iRacing. Guess what? He wins again. And this time it's Rockford Speedway in Loves Park, Illinois. Uh, Saturday night, uh, he took the win. And I don't say that I'm not surprised there. So, good job. He's got another Xfinity start coming up. Uh, everyone's hoping he'll have a good run there, not get wrecked this time. From reading that article, it looks like he did a little bump and run late. Uh, second place didn't seem uh, too happy about it, but you do what you got to do when you're winning that many races. 
Yeah, it's his fifth win in a row on the ARCA Midwest Tour. And like his 20th for the year or something? I mean, it's crazy. I don't know. He is the real deal, folks. I guarantee you that. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Jason Daniels, thanks for joining. What do you got today? Really, really looking forward to uh, doing NIS more, uh, being a new part of the team, just getting a lot more experience under my belt. Uh, it's been a great time following on, on team speak, having other people to talk to during the race, even if you're not in the same group of cars. So, uh, I'm looking forward to Kentucky and got some road courses coming up that I'm not looking forward to, but we'll just talk about Kentucky for right now. Yeah. Well, yep. Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah. Kentucky is obviously this week. Um, not expecting them. I'm expecting hopefully a top 15. You know, I don't know that I'm going to do better than that. Uh, it's tough in the splits I'm at. I'm kind of at my I rating uh, wall, so to speak. Right now I'm sitting at 3,028. My wall is about 3,500. And kind of up and down right now uh, between 3,000 to 3,500. So uh, it's tough right where I'm at. I really haven't been higher than that. So. Uh, the competition's about what I can run, and uh, if I can run 15th, that's a good run for me at this particular track. Um, I always confuse this track with Kansas and Kentucky. I guess they both start with K, and uh, yeah, one of them you run up against the wall, and you, the other one you don't. This is the one that you don't. You don't run up against the wall at this one. So you do bring it down to about halfway going through the corners, Obviously out to the wall down the straights, but uh, should be a good one. We'll see uh, if we can get through this. Uh, I, you know, I had a mixed results at Daytona. That's what I called it. I talked to my group about it. Uh, you know, I was hoping for a win. Got that third, but that was a mistake of my own. You know, I could have won that race. So at least I was running up front uh, most of the week. I was in the top five many times. So I'm real proud of that, and um, I'm glad that that tradition continues. So uh, with that, if you need to contact us, hit us up on Facebook at iRacers Lounge or Twitter. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast, so we'll see you later. See ya. Good night. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.